Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. China Perspective. Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon. It is the evening runway. It's time now to take a look at headlines coming out from China. Highlights from the Beijing Xiangshan Forum to us remembering former Chinese Premier Li Keqiang died of a heart attack at 68 years old. Let's get some analysis on the line. With me is Dr. O. A. Sun, Senior Fellow, Singapore Institute of International Affairs. Dr. O, good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon. Nice to talk to all of you again. Let's get into it. Today is the last day of the Beijing Xiangshan Forum. It is China's biggest annual show of military diplomacy. And all this on the back of the Defense Minister Li Shangfu being sacked last week. No explanation. Tell us a little bit about some of the highlights of this forum so far. Did the focus sort of, uh, you know, turn to how he's not there? There's a bit of a gap, a bit of an absence? Well, the attention has been focused on, of course, who will be China's new defense minister and so on, much more than perhaps the specific topics of the forum. So you see, for example, China nowadays would uh, present the vice chairman of its uh, Central Military Commission, Mr. Chang, or General Chang, Mm. to become like the public face for its uh, military and uh, receiving all these guests during the Xiangshan Forum. In your observation, how has General Chang performed at this forum? Do you think that he'll be a good fit for the new defense minister? Is he doubted to be the next one? Well, his position is actually higher than that of a defense minister, being so-called vice chairman of the Central Military Commission. But of course, we have seen recent examples of uh, Wang Yi Mm. becoming... The minister once again, right, by stepping down half a step to resume his old post. So I will not be surprised if Zhang is made a new defense minister. But of course, all these changes in personnel would make a lot of people wonder what's actually going on at the highest echelon of China's power center. But this is yet another incident that really draws to your attention uh, uh, President Xi Jinping's way of running the the, the government, where you see a lot of double-hatting, you see that sense of adaptability amongst uh, some of the key appointment holders. Do you foresee this to continue? Well, let's see how long it would persist. Because it, it, for me, it actually started quite some time ago. Okay. I think three years ago, there was this thing, the chairman of the Interpol uh, the organization in uh, in France. Uh, he is a Chinese national, and he has been recalled back to China. And, well, he, he was arrested then, I mean, uh, even though he was an international official. Mm. So on and off, you see this kind of purging going on uh, here. Uh, by the way, Dr. O, are we getting any updates with regard to why Mr. Lee was sacked last week? Have you heard anything so far? Uh, well, not officially. <laughs> there were various, uh, you know, rumours ranging from sure. uh, his COT to uh, some of his, shall we say, financial concerns. Yeah. Yeah. All uh, right. All right. Dr. O, let's talk about the Chinese and Russian military chiefs targeted uh, the United States for criticism at the forum. Is this something that was expected? Um, your thoughts on why China decided to take this opportunity to give criticism? Well, I remember uh, Mr. Lee or General Lee mm. uh, 
then uh, defense minister, also made a very uh, veiled uh, criticism of the U.S. during the, the Shangri-La uh, dialogue in uh, Singapore. So the Chinese side, as well as uh, the Russians uh, criticizing U.S., I don't think that's uh, really out of expectations. Yeah. What's a little out of expectations, you've got General Zhang vowing to develop military ties with the United States at the forum. Your thoughts on this? It feels a little confusing. Well, yes, and I think that's a somewhat deliberate. China knows that the U.S. is very anxious to so-called re-establish uh, channels of communications with the Chinese military to avoid uh, all these uh, so-called misunderstandings, miscalculations, and so on. But the Chinese side would actually use this as a leverage, uh, sometimes, shall we say, teasing the U.S. side a little bit, uh, <laughs> offering them something, but then at the same time also, as we mentioned, criticizing them quite heavily. Mm -hmm. That's one way of uh, sitting on the fence in that sense. Okay, Dr. Oh, let's uh, talk about the shocking news at the end of last week. Former Chinese Premier Li Keqiang dying of a heart attack, age 68. It felt a little sudden when the news came out in the morning. I suppose for starters, uh, Dr. Oh, what was your reaction when you saw the news? I think just like many others, uh, a very big surprise. Uh, yeah. We thought, uh, you know, he would live, uh, I don't know, maybe at, at least 10 or 20 more years. Yeah, 68 right? is quite young still, yeah. That's right, just stepping down earlier this year. So immediately there were a lot of speculations as to uh, what actually happened here. Mm-hmm. Dr. O, what were some of the highlights of uh, Li Keqiang's accomplishments during his time? Well, because during Li Keqiang's ten years tenure as the Premier of China, yeah. President Xi Jinping, shall we say, concentrated increasingly power onto his own hands. Therefore, it was rather difficult for Li Keqiang to have uh, any meaningful uh, dealings in terms of economics intervention and so on, unlike his uh, predecessors such as Wen Jiabao, such as Chu Rongji and so on. So... Mm. I think a lot of Chinese and uh, outsiders look at him as being somebody who from time to time would speak out a little bit of or snippets of truth about China's economic situation. I think at most he's remembered for that here. Yeah. A frustrated reformer, would you say? Uh, yeah. I, I'm not sure whether he's a reformer, but certainly he's frustrated. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Just some final thoughts on the, the former premier, uh, the late Li Keqiang. I, I do wonder, and uh, I'm, I'm not trying to intentionally link all the issues, but when you look at everything that's happened you know, with China and the leaders, do you think his death somewhat you know, functions as a bit of a reminder of the decline of the pro-market reformist wing of the China Communist Party. Dr. O, what are your thoughts, you know, trying to look ahead? Speculation, fair enough, but what does it mean for China's economy moving forward? Well, I think the mainstream ideology Mm. of China nowadays, it's very much, well, as countries ruling system would suggest, very much communist and socialist in its thinking. So while there will still be a certain degree of so-called reform and opening up, I think increasingly the focus would be on, for example, state-owned enterprises and how the state could view 
uh, sorry, could uh, sort of employ its carrot and sticks to uh, sort of drive the economy and so on, much more than uh, as in previous years when it was the private sector which was vibrant, which was driving the growth of the Chinese economy. I think you will see the private sector increasingly be, uh, I don't know, some people would say sidelines, some okay. people would say sidelines, yeah. Okay. Uh, I've been speaking with Dr. O. A. Sun, Senior Fellow, Singapore Institute of International Affairs. Dr. O, as always, do appreciate your time. Take care and have a great Tuesday evening. Thank you very much indeed. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.